0: I'm Paul Hamill, and you're listening to the Grassroots Coach Podcast, a podcast for grassroots soccer enthusiasts.
1: I mean, if you're talking about putting the 13s and the 15s and the 17s and the 19s and the 20s together, one of the key areas I think that you would want them all training in the room. You, you want to be part of the team, and you want to you want to mentor the coaches below you. So you want to be able to go and watch a few coaching sessions prior to you maybe taking the first team on. Hmm. And, and I always remember. When, when, when I was at one of the, one of the areas where Dario Grady, particularly our crew, when I signed for crew that time, Dario used to come in and do the team talk at about two o'clock and he went out onto the all with pitch beside the main pitch and he was coaching the kids.
0: In this episode, I speak to Martin Russell, former manager of UCD and Limerick FC, and Aaron Callahan, former manager of Atlone and Bohemians, where we discuss football development in Ireland currently.
2: Is the system here isn't good enough right and that's that that that's been that was the case two generations ago when I was thinking about yes. going to UK and, and it's still the case now so we've no full-time setup for a young player in Ireland to say I have aspirations like that I want to play in Ireland and play my career in Ireland if you're good enough as Ireland says you're going to have to seek pastures new um and that's a pity you know I always remember I remember the time when I, when I was going over to United I remember being at United and it was all talk of this United won the Paul McStay and Paul McStay was at Glasgow Celtic and that was his club as a boy and that's the club that he, he, he I think he helped me finish that you know and I said I always remember thinking you know I would have if there was a Dublin club like Glasgow Celtic I wouldn't have left Ireland hmm. but that yeah, was but like but,
0: Ireland. but listen you, you've managed in the league here right so we have gone yeah. through the playing bit and, and, yeah. and you're both very experienced managers but, uh, UCD Atlone, Limerick uh, Bohemians so. What's your view now? I mean, you have you have the underage structures. It was under it was under 13, 15, 17, 19. I think an under 14 league is coming in to replace the under 13. Mm. So going forward, it'll be under 14, mm. 15, 17, 19. So yeah. I really want to get your opinions on football development now that that we need to manage ourselves because the UK door is closed uh, until 18. Yeah. And what's what your views on it are?
2: Well, my views in, in terms of the structure, because I sat on the technical committee going back a few years ago when they were talking about, you know, altering this uh, for the underage players.
0: Okay, that's but, interesting. Yeah. So the, yeah. Mm.
2: The, the two the two points for me, the two, the two main points that we were discussing at the time was, first of all, the season. When do you play your football? When yeah. does you play the football? You, For me, you can only play it in the best weather possible. You know, we've had a situation prior that um, I think they reckon they did um, so many games were called off in the winter months anyway, yeah. that they were playing 70% of the games between March and June, doubling up. So for me, that was one thing. Play yeah. football, play football in the best weather possible. And in the other weather where it's not good enough, play a futsal. And yep. get, your, yep. get your get your program all year round. So that to me was a non-negotiable. The other non-negotiable was um, which I which I would fully support and do support is get the best playing against the best to rate standards. There's no sure. other way, there's no other way about it. The problem is if your best isn't good enough. Okay. That's where the problem is at the moment. So our best isn't good enough. That's another argument.
0: Okay, well just so, just just bring that further. What what do you mean by that?
2: The standards of play, the standards of football that we produce in the football field, is not high enough across the board. Across the board, yeah, all the way through. Okay. Otherwise, otherwise, if it was, we wouldn't be getting, for example, our 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 um, league teams wouldn't be getting knocked out either first fourth or second round in Europe, and our international schoolboy teams would be more successful than they are being. They 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 the, they're the metrics of if you if you if you're being competitive for me.
0: Okay. Can I Absolutely. come back to you just because I'm interested in in your role on that technical group, Aaron, as as head of the academy in, in Cherry Orchard? Does that does that go right up? Sorry, no, of course will go up through through the um, these League of Ireland underage um, academies. How are, are Cherry Orchard linked into the League of Ireland structure, or how how well, is that working?
1: Uh, presently, they're not linked in. Uh, hmm. One of the reasons they're not like linked in is because of I suppose the sour taste that is left in my mouth over previous. Uh, partnership agreements that weren't honoured. don't know. So, so a, la- a
0: lack of trust to begin with. Lack, uh, mm. like a huge lack of
1: trust mm. straight away. Yeah. And then some League of Ireland clubs don't have the infrastructure, Might not be able to tell you that. Like Can these. I just
0: say something just for the benefit of the podcast? You are both have been immersed in the League of Ireland, so you know your you, your view is quite balanced in terms of you've come up through the schoolboy system. Aaron, you're still involved in schoolboy football, but your but your League of Ireland guys. You know what I mean? That's uh, your you, you've been immersed in the League of Ireland. Oh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. but but those clubs, a lot of clubs around the country have n- have no investment in relation to the to you know facilities. Uh, I mean, if you're talking about putting the 13s and the 15s and the 17s and the 19s and the 20s together, one of the key areas I think that you would want them all training in the one venue. So certainly, facility-wise, a lot of the clubs. Uh, if you look at bowls, they're probably training now. I know they've just done a new a deal there with.
0: Uh, dcu i think dcu in relation Mm.
1: to Mm. to uh you know training all our teams you know prior to that prior to this year and even when i was managing there one of the one of the key aspects of me managing there was to try and look at getting a facility where all the teams could train together what's the importance of
0: training together is it just that kind of oneness you know collective aspect of it
1: yeah absolutely Mm. you, you want to become part of the team and you want to you want to mentor the coaches below you so you want to be able to and watch a few coaching sessions prior to you maybe taking the first team on Mm. and and i always remember when 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 i was at one of the one of the areas where dario gradi particularly our crew when i signed for crew that time is we used to be playing a match on on a a saturday at three o'clock most of the matches as you say were three o'clock um and uh dario used to come in and do the team talk at about two o'clock and he'd say right we're playing it's talk here today you know what we've done. on play you know what we've done during the week we we were playing the system we're playing this way everybody understands our roles and the task. and then he walked out of the dressing room and he went out onto the hall with a pitch beside the main pitch and he was coaching the kids he <laughs> coaching the kids and and, and the, the connection between the kids and the club and the first team
0: He had a great reputation was, didn't he Gary O'Grady yeah, and yeah, probably still has
1: yeah it be, mm. because of the, but that, not just that not just mm. crew but mostly the clubs you know where you're, you're talking to the parents of, of the players and you're talking to the coaches when you have all that connection in one area, like and, and that's the one thing I love about Trey Orchard that you know, whether it's the under eights, under nines, under tens, or up until the other sixteens, you know, the under sixteens are going off, the under fourteens are coming on, the under tens are going off, the under nines, and you're talking to the parents, you're talking to the coaches, and you're in one area and you're getting And, and has
0: the, the, the I'm not gonna call it a new structure, but has the underage league variety structure had an impact on Cherry Orchard in terms of yeah. players moving in and all that kind of stuff. Oh,
1: well, we would have lost. Obviously, when at 13, you're going to lose your best players under 13, four or five, even mm-hmm. though we don't have a partnership agreement. You know, some of them went to UCD, some of them went to Pat, some of them went to Bows. So, you know, some of them went to Rovers. So your best yeah. players, which left us that under 13 team last year, we would have lost about eight or nine players. So we're now going into a new season, having lost the, you know, your best eight or nine players, or potentially yeah. your best eight or nine players. But the other aspect I'd say, and I'd like to, you know, probably mention on the podcast, is the quality, the quality of coaching. And um, you know, a lot of schoolboy clubs, there's a lack of knowledge in relation to how the game is played, how it's coached. Um, and there's no disrespect to a lot of the parents who give valuable time to coach teams. Um, it, it's a huge area that that I see that that, yeah. that, that, lack, of, that lack of knowledge in relation to the coach. Um, and, and, and I know the FEI have restructured the whole coaching infrastructure in relation to do it. But it's, it's, it's one thing is having a little bit of experience. But I think the knowledge is key here. And I think that lets us down quite a bit in relation to a lot of the coaches. And that's and how, big-
0: how do you deal with that at Cherry Orchard? How? Because let's be honest, parents get involved because, you know, they need to get involved and it's 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 they volunteer and we probably couldn't have teams without them. Um, and as you say, then that they, they lack the knowledge for it. So how do you, how do you deal with that in Cherry Orchard well, then? I presume your well, role is quite an educator, educator type role.
1: Yeah. Well, what we do is we, we, we'd have a, you know, at each underage age groups so are the eights and nines. We club them together, the nines and tens, et cetera. And we talk to the coaches individually and we give, we, well, what we have to do is we have to be careful there that we're not in a position where we're actually telling these coaches what to do. Hmm. So we, we throw out some references to them and um, we ask questions. So we have to find out where they are in the ladder. Most of them, most of them at the club, I think if we've got 52 coaches at the club, you are probably looking at 14 or 15 of them have any qualifications. Mm. And all the rest then are just, you know, as I said to your parents and advisors and and, and giving teams a dig out. And, and without that, without that, the club probably wouldn't operate. So it's badly needed, that sort of help. But the knowledgeable side of the things, which is, um, you know, which is, you know, if you, if Martin looks back when we've done, we done our B's and our A's and we went on to do our pros. Yeah. You know, you're still, We're still hungry for knowledge. I, I'm still hungry for knowledge in relation to how the game is, is, is coached in different countries all across the world. And, you know, when you do listen to the various different, and I think it was, was, was uh, Stephen Finn. Stephen Finn was on one of your podcasts yeah. the other day, and I was listening to that and he was talking about sort of, you know, how Belgium, you know, uh, in Germany, when they, you know, they don't qualify for major tournaments, they have a look down at their whole curriculum and what's changing in it. Then you have France, they're having a look down at their curriculum, what's changing in it. And he, one of the things I read about recently was in the 2016 Euros and all these top uh, academies that you, like if you go to France and you look at all the top teams and you go to England and you look at all the top teams, that the players that represented France and England and Italy, I think, as well, at the 2016 Euros, most of those players weren't picked from the top academies. Most of those players came from the likes of Barnsley. If you if you look at the the UK, like the John Stones playing in England, came from Barnsley up through the small the, you know the, the leagues below, if you like, mm. and they, they were having a good look at the the academy infrastructure over in the likes of France, over in the likes of Germany, over in the likes of the UK as well. So you know, just because you have the best academy and just because you have the best coaches, are we missing out on something here? Is it is it that we have to sort of stop specialising too early? Mm. Is it that we have to look at maybe getting kids more involved in other sports like Gaelic football? Myself and Martin played that. Did that mm. help us? I think it did. Um, or, you know, you look at, say, are we over-coaching in terms of somebody under 12? So, so many academies in England under 12 are coaching four or five times a week. I'm not too sure what Martin does in relation to Lucan mm. at the moment. Mm. Well, one of the one of the key areas I'm trying to, you know, talk to the coaches at Cherry Orchard is that don't overtrain the players. So, we, would, we want the training sensors to be really high intensity. So, therefore, you can only do an air max. Um, and if you're doing that two times a week and you're playing a game and then they're doing and um, playing another sports, I think that's going to be more beneficial for them rather than training four or five times a week. Um, and, and the game itself yeah. is, is, is is more high intensity than it is endurance-like. Martin Sorry, I yeah, um, no.
0: just want to go back to your two non-movable uh, requests, right? Yeah. So the first one is the season and, and you want you in favour of the warm, <laughs> warm well, and vert- yeah. come yeah. so, exactly. so that, that to my mind, is March to... That's September,
1: isn't it? Roughly, okay. yeah, roughly yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So
0: my understanding is that's what the underage uh, leagues have gone in it. But but you then yeah. have a mismatch because the schoolboy season is May, sorry, is August to May. But why, but why, why is that, Bob? I don't know, right? But, exactly. but it's, a, it's a problem, you know?
2: But I'll tell you, I tell you mm. what it is, so I remember, I remember when it was being introduced, and mm. I was nailed on. I said, yeah, it makes sense to me. And I remember I, when they were going out on the workshops and I remember sitting in one down the country and somebody came up from whatever, I won't mention the league. We're not having summer football. And he started talking about holidays and the gay league and the stuff mm. and yeah, all, yeah. The, all the reasons why they didn't want summer football. And for me, none of the reasons made football sense. Hmm. And when I say sense, I mean putting a player-focused approach sense. So if it doesn't make sense for a kid, um, say, to, to not to play football, if it doesn't make sense not to play football in good weather, then you, you, you've got to let him play football in good weather. Um, and you get, it gets more of it, you know? Go but, back the, to the, but
0: the but the current situation. And by the way, I'm I'm in agreement. That's, that's I'm in agreement with of you. The leaves, Paul. That's because yeah. That's, but but whether whether you're in favor of what you're saying or whether yeah. you're in favor of the other one, the fact that they're yeah. they're not combined is a problem. Yeah. And that's because <laughs> that's because it's not proper leadership.
2: Mm. So who who's running football? So you have to mm. you have to do what's best for the players, Paul. Not and I, the, but, best, but but no, yeah, not, and, not not what's best for the for the local.
0: But League I think I think level. sometimes it's good to bring it down to just normal, uh, an actual situation. Like you, you have a player now. Mm. I, I'm up in home farm, right? So you you have a player who will um, is going to play. August to May, right? Right. They're in, let's say they're in the under 40. I mean, I'll tell you what,
2: he's, he's not going to play, he's not going to play October, November, December. Yeah, January. no, I know that, but just
0: bear with me for a second. So he's playing um, August to May, right? Yeah. The underage League of Ireland uh, season starts in March, so halfway through the season, mm. the schoolboy season, mm. this lad is plucked away and goes mm. to the uh, the League of Ireland one. Yeah. So this team, as Aaron is saying, the schoolboy yeah. team now is losing one, two, three yeah. mid-season. So they can't even replace them. And yeah. for that reason, you're going to have, you know, teams will fold and all that kind of stuff. Okay. And then if it doesn't work out, by the way, Martin, I'm not, I'm just saying they're on the lines. But then if, that, if it doesn't work out for that player, if whatever uh, it, uh, League of Ireland club he goes to, he can't go anywhere then because there's, he can't get back into the club scene because the seasons are, are out of kilter. Yeah. In, in,
2: in, in, I know But what, in what you are saying Paul The solutions to what you're saying in, well, The in, solution in, in, is It needs to be won Ideally for me yeah hmm. And I know which one I want Yeah no I know yeah yeah. But if there's not, not a solution Found or whatever hmm. and, and your top player At Cherry Archer Goes to bowls, You find another player But what doesn't happen Is you stop that player's development hmm. Because you insist that he has to play whatever season he has to play. It goes back to the player. What is good for that player for his mm. development at that age? Sure. If, he's good, enough, if yeah. he's good enough to play National League, he plays National League season. Mm. If he's not,
0: he'll stay, he'll stay at the other league. But but, but ideally, where right. both seasons are aligned, you know what I mean? Yeah,
2: but I don't think, I don't think in terms of development, that insisting that the season stays at the August and May is helping the mm. player that's just below, just below, and there are many of them, just below elite level or whatever, you know, that mm-hmm. might have a chance. You're playing, no, you, you're going to play in this. Group, they're the late you know, matures, man. They're the late, they're, they're, they're late matures. the late, 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 late matures. But I'm saying, you know, I don't think you're helping them when insisting on a season that where a lot of your games are called off. Yeah, and, sure, yeah. And, and, yeah. And, they're, and they're rushed in at the end. I don't think that helps them either. Mm-hmm. But listen, people people are finding reasons why they want to stay August to... Um, we say early spring and, and go through yeah. that winter. No,
0: I agree with you, but the point of Megan making is it, it can't be successful if something like that can't come together. I you know mean, if have something on the season, but it goes that, one way or the other. That's, that's,
2: that's so much um, eats into everything in Irish football. Mm. People looking after you know their their own preferences, um, you know, rather than what's good for the game, mm. and that goes in every aspect of the game. You know, you've got. You've got supporters who will spend hundreds of pounds going to support UK clubs and, and, and not go down the road to support the local leagues. You know, you've got say to you, you're looking you talked about the development. There's there's loads of angles um in football in Ireland that we, we need to look at and and formalise a common policy of what's what's best for the game, what's best for the development and and
1: go towards that, you know. And Would just on want, sorry, um, Aaron, go, go for it. Yeah, no, I'm just talking about, even if you look at the League of Ireland there, and, and, we, and obviously we've been both involved in it as well, is, you know, I, I, I used to shake my head at, say, you'd be playing a game on a Friday night, it could be a Saturday night, it could be a Sunday. You know, we tried everything. We played every night, we played every day, but we never played Saturday at three o'clock. But you could bring your family out, you could bring the kids to the game, if you were working in the morning, et cetera, et cetera. It, it was, just to me, it was, nobody knew when the games were on. And I used to talk to mates when I was still playing, when I come back initially, and say, you know, they wouldn't even know. You didn't even know yourself in the games. Just on our just just play,
2: here's another example again, uh, the way we treat the game at the moment. Um, there was a there was a flurry of games last night. I, I didn't see one goal in those games on the news channels this morning. If you're on Sky News, you're seeing goals left, right, centre for whatever leagues on the UK. But yet our own country, the sort of, don't mention that goal, don't show that, definitely don't show yeah. that goal.
0: Yeah, you wouldn't have known there was games last night for but sure. Listen,
2: we, we have a long road to travel to even... Fulfill what we can do for the game, and we are where we are because of what we don't do for the game nice. at, at all levels. And the, the, the development level of young players, Paul, going back to that, we're not professional enough with young players. Um, we don't have professional academies or the ones that we have are professional in name, but really either don't have the quality of facilities or the quality of coaching or the quality of play that we ultimately see in the, in the games. That you know, you could say, Here, have a look at this, or we'll go, you know, it's 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 a long road that we have to travel and it'll only come about by investing more in the game and giving it, giving it more love.
1: Yeah. Just, just yeah. an example there, Paul, of a reference that I was speaking about there is we're finding a lot of 12, 13, 14-year-olds getting injured around the club at the moment. So, you know, the, we, we had a discussion with all the coaches, with all the managers involved at that age group. And, and basically, a lot of these players have gone through the growth sport. Mm. But there's no knowledge of the growth sport at that level, at you know, mm. with, with a club like Che Orchard, who would be considered one of the biggest schoolboys. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah.
1: so yeah. we've 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 what we've done now, uh, in terms of the football committee down there, is we've we bought one of these height things to measure your height, and we're getting all the 12 and 13 and 14. You know, so start measuring once a month. Mm. And if you grow more than one centimeter within that month, we have to reduce the volume. So that's one of the references I'm talking about in terms of the knowledge mm. of how the game is, is played, like and, and, and coaches because they don't know this are overtraining players, fatiguing players, getting players injured um, and uh, prolonging them coming back to maybe playing at a, at a critical age, 12, 13, 14. So that's just one of the you know one of the references that was talking mm. about. You sure. know, I, 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 would, I would ask you, and you said, well, I,
2: I mean, are our players overtraining? In other words, for me, it's, it's practice. Are our players practice enough? Are our young players practice enough? Or are they playing football now and again and playing PlayStation the rest of the time?
0: Mm. There is, I mean, just to the, the bit of knowledge I have, Martin. I mean, there are there are some of the universities. I know Stephen Finn, for example, is involved with in Waterford IT. I mean that that's what it needs. You know, it does need that um research into what's yeah. going on, you know, yeah. what what yeah. are the the, the the evidence to correct and you need that support what, what's yeah. happening at the moment, you know? Yeah, you def- definitely need that backup, yeah, definitely. Do you know going back to the futsal, is that um was was that the idea of playing futsal in the winter was that something that was welcomed in In not that you want to give away anything in that technical committee is, is are people open to it do you think, I think
2: yeah I think, I think it was I think it was encouraged at the time I think again once um, once the, it was established that you would have a summer season that it wasn't that football just stopped after your, your summer season mm. it was you know there was a window for futsal which also has its benefits towards player development and skill acquisition Mm. Um, definitely you know but as I said there you would have a a whole calendar going back the other way it's fragmented you can't play futsal you're playing futsal on the same day you're playing and Mm. the games. listen but again also um, regarding futsal would you have the infrastructure there you know do we have the infrastructure to play in bad weather do we have enough pitches do we have enough astral pitches do we have enough indoor domes for bad weather That we could, if we wanted to play um, eleven aside games, we play eleven aside games on. So, um, you know, if you're going to play in the winter season, that's for me. It doesn't make doesn't make football sense in this country.
0: Like, if if you were asked what what it should look like here in terms of getting to a point where we're developing players in the right way. what does, it, think, what does it look like
2: for, for me? In short, Paul, we just have to get more professional about the game, mm. you know, and that may, that that means raising standards. As Aaron touched on, if there's not enough quality coaches, then educate the coaches who hopefully educate the players who hopefully raise standards. If your standards, you have to. You talked about going down and looking for reasons why. Why is our playing standard high enough? Mm. Why Why don't we produce a Kevin De Bruyne? Why, or a or a? There we say a Messi or. Um I would say Jack Grealish as well, because he didn't he did he didn't play in the academy system here. Jack Mealish, Phil Fowden, all these players, you look at future football Paul, what's it going to look Are We talking yeah. about the way it's heading. It's it's heading towards decision making, uh, movement, um, technical ability, um, more than ever. So how how are you creating an environment to nurture that type of crop? To come through and have at the age of which we all want to go to big tournaments down the road. And what's it going
0: to? What's it going to take here? Does, is is it, it going? Well, you mentioned leadership, but it, it, it has, has to be a coming together of all interested parties. Be, yeah, it
2: has to be a proper blue, blue, uh, blueprint. Which mm. again, you have to max. We've a, we've a small resource of players, Paul. So you identify them. You then throw everything at that resource in terms of it means, for example. If you identify, you decide at the age of fourteen, say you've got a crop of players that you've identified from the age of 11, 13, 14. around the time that me and Arnold went, we're identified, and we're we're we then put in full-time operation, whether it be a Claire Fontaine or a um, the UK one or whatever it was. So this Reg- this na-
0: national academy
2: national kind academy, of thing, yeah. 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 Which, which, which do you speak of? And that's a, you know your amazing talent program is still going behind or whatever, but. You know, you really throw all the resources at the best players that you identify. For example, with, with Luxembourg, Luxembourg, you know, we, um, decided somewhere on the line that they weren't going to play uh, postman, part-time postman or full-time postman in that team. They decided to get these players at an academy of the league, bring them up to a, a level that they then could put them into senior leagues throughout Europe, that they could call back and represent. So they did something, about the setup that but, it, but them. isn't
0: that really interesting in its, own, in its own right in terms of when we played them recently the senior team and, and yeah. lots of people amazed at how the the idea that we should have thumped them or played them off the park so no, they moved oh, on. On, oh, on, no, on unknown on. to what's going yeah, on no, yeah, m- yeah. M- most
2: yeah. countries that most countries that love football invest heavily in football mm. and have academies like even Luxembourg have academies and at the time being right those academy players will, will go professional contracts not in Luxembourg but in other so they're mm. maximising their small pool of players the point you go back we say now we're not we're not we can't rely on England to take our best CPU. Sure, that's the now. thing,
0: different landscape now. Yeah. yeah different yeah, landscape. Yeah. So mm-hmm.
2: goes back to question, Mark, what are we going to do about it? So yeah. it's it well, a, pro- a proper yeah. setup, you know? Do you
0: believe yeah, in the yeah. National Academy, Aaron?
1: Yeah, I do. I mm. do. But what, what I believe in personally, you know, and this is my own view on it, is that we should have a technical director at each age with under 13, 15, 17. And underneath that, if you if you think about the swap. 10 teams in the Premier League here, 10 teams, 20 teams, so we've 20 so-called professional. Now, I wouldn't call the First Division club, albeit they will, are professional on paper, but most of those players are young players, taking them from college and they're not on a lot of money, you know, maybe shells and one or two clubs are probably paying a little bit more. But if you have a technical director at each level and underneath that, you know, bringing in the pro license coaches that aren't working, just, just like, if, you, if you look around the league, Martin's not working in it, or I'm not working in it. Hmm. Yeah, college, I, I, working I was
0: going to ask you in a few minutes what you as a pro license coach or coaches, what you feel your, your role could be, you know, to contribute, you know, yeah, yeah. it could
1: be a, men- a mentorship role mm. working with the, the younger coaches coming up, going through the wait for A, wait for B, mm. you know, I've never in the whole, I suppose, I don't know how many years I'm home now in the UK, um, but not once i we been asked my opinion of the game, you know, by mm. anybody in the FEI, which seems strange at times. Um, particularly when you're at one of the bigger clubs, or so-called one of the bigger clubs, like um, and you've and you're been asked to play matches. I think we came home from a European match one Thursday I haven't played in Iceland for Bowles and we were asked to play on a Saturday uh, against UCD. I think Martin was at UCD at the time and, he, and I rang Martin up and I said, Martin, look, any chance we can put that game back a day? And to be fair to Martin, he did. And he accommodated us at that particular time. But that type of thinking you know, wasn't there. Like I mean, it was just down to uh, uh, Martin and I knowing each other for so long, like... But if you have a technical director in each age group under 15, if you're going to start on so I still think under 13 is very young personally, I think I would start at under 15, so under 15, 17, 19s. Yeah, 15.
0: and I think um it's under 14 now, I think, for the for the yeah. upcoming season. Yeah. yeah.
1: And yeah. underneath underneath those technical directors, you've got your mentors, you've got your pro license mentors, and mm. they're feeding into into the into that age group. So, you know, and then obviously they're feeding into the bigger umbrella organization which is the technical development committee, whatever it is at the top level now, hmm. um, where, where, where Stephen is actually is rolling out his, his program. So there's a feedback mechanism. There's a communication mechanism because I think that's an area of lack of communication between each age groups. Um, it's probably starting to grow initially now, but it's hmm. generally down to the manager. I think the manager, so if you take, I think Jason O'Donnell, who's under 15, manager now, I think you should take. he, he should be linking into a technical director above him both the both seventeens, nineteens, and the twenty ones with Jim there, um, and and there's a link all the way up the pathway, and then the communication then is spread from from uh, section.
2: I think they might say that obviously they're linking into Rude Doctor, who would be regarded as a yeah. technical director. But I definitely think again, you talk about experience and people that have done pro license or a license coaches, I, I, you know, have have a depth of knowledge and and, and say the experience being important. That you know. Ca- is, is the work for them in, in, in a football team in Ireland? And I just think that has to be because mm-hmm. um, you know we're we're academies underdeveloped. Um, but then what, what happens is it's the same. It's the same thing as we have with professional players. Clubs say, "Well, I can't afford to pay a coach. I can't afford to pay, so we get the one that can do it for the cheapest, you know." Mm-hmm. And we go and do, we make we make the best of it. And as that, that that's been the case in you know, football for far too long. You know, we it's under it's underinvested in. Um, and therefore underdeveloped. So, you know, we, we may continue to talk about this unless something... Like I always remember about the, the Saipan era and the one word that sticks in my mind always is um, when they did a Janus report, um, it was the word radical. And uh, the radical word has never sort of came to fruition in, in regard... we radically... What we radically changed in underage football we've changed the season and we put in National League teams, we we forced National League clubs... We forced National League clubs to have a development area within their club, right? Which, that's been the case. And the school bike clubs have took the hump over that. Probably, again, I could understand because they've done so much work. But it was always wrong. It never happened in other countries. It wouldn't happen in Belgium or Holland where the school boy clubs will be in charge of development your professional clubs in charge of development and, and
0: you, know have, you know when you say you know when you say forced and, and i have heard that before it, yeah. is it just a, a lack of communication and consultation and putting in all that difficult yeah it's just, time it's just, it's and, and, but it but it's going to take time anyway, so you're as yeah. well off investing you, the time in it well if you're a club if
2: you're a club that's scratching to get eleven players out to play a first division game or a premier division game and 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 you know trying to find the money to pay the players you're not thinking of ten years down the road you're not thinking of uh pathways for players you know you hmm. say well we we'll, we' we'll, we'll, we'll you know we we'll, we'll we'll take the player when he comes to the age where he's paying the first team now, funny enough when we, when you mention that you look at what's happened with Brentford who've done away with. Um, that academy set up in the UK because they felt it didn't warrant the um, the investment that they could wait and see what players were released from academy setups elsewhere and then they put them in the first. So they mm. followed a different type of model sure. but, the, but, the, but the thing in terms of national we have to have academies because who else is going to develop our 12 to 16 year olds or 18, 18 year olds now before they even get a chance to go to another level? And what type of player are we developing in those underage? So, you know, we have to do something more for our homegrown players well, but we and, are, our,
1: we, and, our, and our elite players hmm. more more, yeah, than yeah. we're well, we, we, Going back to the mature side of things, and if, if you look at, I was reading a study on Canadian hockey, believe it or not, where they start to um, have trials for, let's say if you pick another 13 age group or another 12 age group, they broke their trials down into three months. So they had anyone born in that year from t- January to February. They brought them into one cohort, and then from uh, April, May, June, July, August, September. And what they did was in those four groups at that underage level, they were trying to make sure that the uh, the late maturers were kept in the system. And what they found then was that if you know the the the, the guys born January, February, March are obviously going to be much much bigger, much stronger um, people. Um, but the late, the early maturers in the second group and the tour group, they moved them up. So if you were an early maturer, so in September and you were a big guy, they moved them up into the, into the first group or the second group, depending on what way they looked at it. And if you were a late maturer in the January, February, March, they moved them back in group. And it meant then that they went, they, they, they were trying their best to make sure that they didn't discard talent. That's them investing. That's yeah. them sitting down thinking,
2: unless we do something, we can't expect to grab the fruit. Yeah. You know? So yeah. they've been proactive in saying, okay, we've got a problem here. How can we make the best? Thing? How can we maximize this? I don't think we fully, we, we don't do enough for elite young players in Ireland. And um, how do we expect to have quality senior players when things you know, come up that age?
0: And, and you know what, for, for any plan to be successful, even if you're planning, say the three of us were going away on a trip yeah. in, in six months time, we'd we'd consult with each other. We'd talk about, you know, what do we want to get out of the trip? And we'd, we'd be involved and say, well, I, I'd like to do this. You'd like to do mm-hmm. whatever. So for any plan, because we know it's going to need a plan and it might take a long a number of years to do it, but you need to invest that time in that discussion with everybody. Now, how you do that, I, I'm not sure in terms of a, a public consultation, but whatever that plan is, you need people to buy into it and support it because it's going to be a long-term Absolutely. thing for it to work, you know? Um, and-
1: who's, who's responsible? You know, are we saying, you know, the FEO is responsible? You know, obviously the governing body has to be responsible in some aspect mm. um, to to start that plan if
2: you like but they they, um, listen, they, they for me they they developed a plan correct you, you should have the expertise in the, in the ai to develop a plan the problem is when they come into a plan that needs funding who's going to give them the funding
0: yeah
2: you know is the government who i don't think really really care about football whether or uh, they, they'll celebrate they'll come out with tricolors um when, when 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 you know when lads get a plot out of the field seal get knocked out in quarterfinals or whatever semifinals but how, what are they putting into the game? If the FAI needs funding, give them the funding. If the, here's another thing. If um, our professional senior teams, how are we going to improve our coefficients in Europe? How are we going to improve results in Europe? What do we need to get the standard of play in our senior professional teams that we are going to be successful in Europe? That needs funding. And whether it's tax breaks to incentivize even... The better quality of player, better ownership of the club, to raise um the even the facilities within the club. Everything needs to be looked at to the game that's
1: being underinvested in. Well, I think Niall, I think Niall Quinn brought that out where the horse racing industry and the yeah. greyhound industry were obviously getting tax banks to, to a certain degree. Like but uh, you know, the government to be fair to the government, Martin, there is a few pounds being passed over to the FEI. I mean i was part. Of uh, introducing some funding into the football community, that allows to get the social side of the game in. There yeah, is funding going in; it's how it's spent. I, I understand, that, but I, don't I, I and I appreciate
2: the community stuff, and it is. But I'm saying the problem that we have, I'm looking at, is from the, the elite level. You know, that how do again we talk? If we say a national academy setup needs to be established, it needs to be established sooner rather than later. Yeah, and to do that, that money has to be there for us. You know, because I think the benefits of Ireland getting into European finals, getting into World Cup finals are immense. The ben- the benefits of the game doing well at club level in Ireland are immense. But it ain't going to happen unless it's politics. The plan is there and it's been able to be met through not being saying, well, we haven't got the money to do it. So let's just
1: plod along. But why, why, if you look at the League of Ireland clubs now is... You get a couple of years where we do well for one, a year or two and then we go backwards, then we get a, a year or two again, and then we go backwards. Yeah, It's a flash.
2: There are always yeah. flashes out. And yeah. until it's consistent, it ain't improving. Yeah. Until you can improve, until you can point to three, four, five years in a row. Now there's something happening here. Yeah. You know, yeah. so how can we get to that level? How can we get to that stage where something is happening? And I, I just think again, we need to be go back to go back to Mr. Genesis that radical. Let's get this, you know. Let's get this. Let's let's attack this. And I know again, people talking about an all uh, all uh, island league, you know. For me, it has to happen. But again, and, and
0: you know what? To happen. be to be radical, sometimes people have to hear things they don't want to hear. You know,
1: yeah. Yeah. Even even yeah. in a
0: conversation like this, you'd be going, you know, you might say something about coach education, and I might go, God, that was during my time. But you got to take it on the chin, and you got to go, okay, well, that's that person's opinion. The, the public expenditure are and you're obviously working in, in Dublin City Council. You know, sometimes these things can be hard to hear, but you're kinda of going well, we'll get it all out and let's yeah. find somewhere in the middle that we can that I mean, we can feel, all you, move you, forward with. You understand
2: you, know? you started the conversation on Paul that we were only discussing today because of our passion for the game. We, yeah. the, we mm. all want the game to do better. Mm. You know? And and that's what that's where we're coming at. So we don't have I don't have all the answers. Um but I I do think again mm. that We we can't keep ignoring things. I keep doing the same thing and expecting different
0: results. The Grassroots Coach. Conversations for grassroots soccer enthusiasts.